Well, welcome back again, guys, to uh, Kasimoti. Welcome back again to Journal Entries. I hope you are well. I hope you've been keeping safe. Um, I hope 2023 has been keeping you well. Um, so I first want to actually begin off by saying that I have made the commitment to myself today to do one of these journal entries every single week for 365, sorry, for the next 52 weeks. So I want to do one of these every single week as a really uh, a sense of discipline to me. Um, I'm not doing them to become rich. I'm not doing them to become famous. I'm not doing them because I want to get loads of YouTube views. But what I've been thinking about um is I want to, there is a lot of things that I have very strong opinions on, loads of things that I believe very strongly um, that I, I, I would like to share. I don't know whether this makes sense to you or you can relate to this, but I'm the kind of person where I have so much knowledge and so much experience that I almost have to, I feel like I've got to put it out there. I feel like the kind of person, I feel sometimes like a like a, an artist where, I don't know if you, you've ever, you can relate to this, but sometimes I've seen people who are like artists and who are singers and who are drawers and they just draw for the fun of drawing, not because they want to, but because they, they feel like they have to. They've got to pour it out. They've, they're overflowing. And that's the point in my life that I feel I'm at. I feel like I'm at a point in my life where I have so much to give and I want to, um, I feel like I'm sort of, um, I'm at a point where I've hit like a climax where I've learned so much, I've experienced so much, I've failed so much, I've learned so many things that work and that don't work that I want to go out there and share some of that with other people. I don't know whether other people are going to find it useful. I don't know whether it's going to add any value to your life or not, but I hope that it will. And I've made a commitment that for the next year, for the next 52 weeks, I am going to do a, one of these journal entries every single week. Now, in case you're not familiar with journal entries, I started journal entries originally um, under the philosophy of something that I very strongly believe, which is that, look, the reality of life is that the majority of us are not going to become successful, rich, powerful. Most of us aren't born into families where our parents are going to be billionaires or going to be top executives. The average person who's going to be listening to this, you're not going to be uh, reach the echelons where you're going to become like a politician or you're going to become a minister, or you're going to become somebody who is of notoriety. You're just the average person. But what I do believe, and, and this is really the, the, the thing that I really want people to take from journal entries, is that you can be an ordinary person, but still manage to create an extraordinary life for yourself. And that's really the, 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 the undertone, the foundation of why I started journal entries. Because I believe that the things that really matter most, the things that really allow, allow us as individuals to reach our potential, to exercise our willpower, to uh, get out there and touch as many people and connect with as many people as we can, to better not only our lives, but our families' lives, our communities' lives, are not things like being born in a powerful family or having a, 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 a parent who's hyper successful. Those are not the things that I have discovered really matter. Don't get me wrong. Those things are important, right? It's nice to have family who are well connected. It's nice to have resources like money behind you because it just makes things, it gives you a slight advantage over other people. But the things that I believe matter most and that I believe every single one of us can accrue in our life is that all of us can get from our own lives, can extract lessons. All of us have have experiences. We have stories. Um, we have had failures. We have had some degree of success. We may not see our life as a success, but sometimes um, just survival in itself is actually the success. Just uh, getting yourself out of a of an abusive relationship in itself or a toxic relationship is a success, right? I think there is a, I don't think, 
I once heard uh, a woman say something like this. I think her name was Esther Porel or something like that. My apologies, I can't remember her name to quote her. But she says, there is no hierarchy in suffering. And what she meant by that is, look, there is a tendency as human beings for us to come from this space where we say, well, that person has um, gone through a terrible thing where maybe they've been sexually abused. That person has come from uh, poverty. That person has come from foster care. That person has suffered with mental health. That person has been neglected. That person was bullied as a young person. And my story isn't really that significant. I disagree. I and, and this is why I, I do very strongly believe what that person said in that statement of there is no there is no hierarchy in suffering. Every single one of us plays an integral role in all of our lives, right? We don't just live on this planet by ourselves. We live on the planet with other people. We don't just exist in just simply the um, the physical form. There are elements to humanity to being in itself right you sometimes hear people say god that person had a very good energy which means that if people are saying that kind of or, or you hear people say god that person was a good person that wasn't necessarily based on what they did that wasn't based on uh on outward extrinsic materialistic uh, manifestation of their being, but rather it was something to do with their energy, something to do with the way they came across, right? It was something much deeper, something spiritual, something higher, right? There is this, there is this string that kind of binds human beings, this invisible string. And I think all of us have that, right? And so what I very strongly believe in is really the, the foundation of why I started this, these journal entries, is look, use your knowledge, use your lessons, use what has worked and what hasn't worked and pass it on to the next generation. Use it whether it be through writing a book, through mentoring a young person, through setting up a workshop, through... Um, uh, being a sponsor to somebody through um, uh, talking to and being there or listening to somebody in your community. Right? I know that there is a lot of people who are going to say, well, Kasim, I don't have kids, so this doesn't really relate to me. But you have to. One of the things that I've come to understand, and, and this is what I encourage you to do. If you take a, um, a, a dictionary and you open the dictionary and you look up every word, one of the things that you're going to notice is that in the dictionary, each word has usually multiple meanings, right? And, and or multiple definitions of the same word. And what I have come to understand about life is that too many of us take the first definition of a word or, or rather of something that we experience or that we know. But in reality, life is a lot more complex. Life is a lot more paradoxical and, and, and oxymorical, you know, there's these oxymorons of life, there's the good and the bad, you can be happy and sad at the same time, you can be in a great relationship and still hate your partner, like, there are all of these oxymorons of life that I think a lot of us tend to ignore, and what I would encourage you to do is to as you go through your own life and you start to examine your life lessons, what you've been through, what you know, what you don't know, how far you've come, how far you haven't come, is look at life in all of its definitions, not just the definitions that work for you. You know, one of the things that I wrote down recently in my journal, which is something that I, 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 I wanted to talk about today, but I'm not going to talk about I might talk about it now that I mentioned it, is that just because it didn't turn out how you thought it would, it doesn't mean that you didn't learn anything from it, right? And this is, you know, all of us have dreams, all of us have goals, all of us have ambitions, all of us have visions of the kind of future that we'd like for ourselves. Whether that future we had it at three, we had it at seven, we had it at 12, we all have a future that we've dreamt of, who we want to become, where we want to live, what we'd like to look like, what we want to wear, right? We have this, this, this image in our head of what we would like our life to be. The truth of the matter is, most, 
And I'm making a generalization here, but it isn't really a generalization because it is based on my own experience and the research that I've done, is that most of us don't get what we want in life. Most of us, if you look at the at the visions that we had for our life, and then you look at the reality of our life, there is a mismatch. There is an incongruence between what we want and or rather what we wanted and what we desired and the way in which our life has manifested and the way in which our results are. You know, they say, sometimes you hear people say, oh, it isn't about winning. Well, I kind of disagree with that. Yes, you know, I, I, I have a phrase which is never make anything everything. You know, sometimes you hear people say family is everything or you hear people say money is everything or success is everything or friendship is everything. I've never really truly agreed with that because if you look at the uh, African proverb which says it takes a village to raise a child, well, if we're going back to the point that I said earlier on, which is that you want to look at things as you develop and you, you, want, you mature and you become wiser and you, you become better in thinking and decision making, you want to look at everything on all of its definitions. And when, of course, the African proverb says that it takes a village to raise a child, you have to understand that it takes a community. It takes multiple different facets of life in order for you to reach your potential, in order for you to reach greatness, however you define greatness to be. Meaning that, look, absolutely, there are some people who say, I don't want to get married, I don't want to have kids, I just want to do my work. But there is a huge problem with that. Because if your work is everything, and God forbid something were to happen, you have a major problem on your hands. I know they say you should only have one plan, which is plan A. You shouldn't have a plan B. I actually disagree with that. I believe that as you're building your life up and as you begin to accrue success and as you begin to um, uh, reach higher levels of your being and of your potential, you want to set your life up in such a way that your life has multiple tentacles, that your life has multiple facets, right? God forbid your, uh, you make your relationship your everything and you've neglected your friendships, you've neglected your work, you've neglected your health, you've neglected your career, you've neglected saving, you've neglected your mental health. You now have a massive issue because all of those tentacles, all of those facets of being can no longer support you because they don't exist. Those areas, all of them are like one or two. And I say to people that one of the things that you want to ensure that you do in your life is to, is, is to try as best that you can that you take all the main areas of your life and you take those areas to about a seven. Now, firstly, that's going to mean that you're actually going to have to analyze your life and say, okay, well, what is most important to me? So, for example, I know for a lot of people, friendships is a big facet of life. I know for a lot of people that your health is very important to you. I know that a lot of people, your career or your business or your uh, the way in which you spend your day, your working time in the day is really important to some people. And of course, relationships, right? For the majority of us, our relationship is really, and I mean an intimate relationship, is really important to us. That's me being generic and, of course, being a very making a generalization of most of us. But as a general rule and a general principle, that those four areas matter a lot to people. And what I say to people is, if you look at your own life at what matters most to you, because there are things, when I say these things that matter most, there are, that doesn't mean there are other things that are not important. Of course, there are other things that are important. But there are some things which matter even more than other things, right? For example, if I gave you a choice between um, being Ill, having a chronic illness or... And, and if I give you the chronic illness, I help you because I give you 100,000 pounds or I don't give you 100,000 pounds, but you have very good health. 
the, of course, there's a very small percentage of people who are going to save the money, but the vast majority of us are going to take the health, right? So that means for most of us, health is much more important than being rich, right? Because if you have loads of money, but you're not healthy, what does it mean? It, it doesn't really mean anything. Are you really wealthy? But that's a very philosophical sort of uh, uh, topic to talk about. Um, but my point being is, number one, you're going to actually have to look at your life and actually say, <clears throat> well, what are the important things in my life and where are they now? And then you're going to have to actually work at them to get them to a seven. A seven out of 10 is what I mean, meaning zero is like shit, it's terrible, it's not good at all. And 10 is exemplary. It is beyond comprehension. It is the best that you can possibly do. Right. So um, let's take an example. So, for example, let's take your career. So your career might be, let's use me, the career that I have for myself and how I define a, a, a seven career for me would be. And this is how I remember I've thought about this a lot. Like, what would be my ideal career? How would I like my life to actually be? The way I'd like my life to actually be is that I want to work essentially from about eight o'clock in the morning and then finish work at about four o'clock okay that is my waking hours and in that time I want to have a property development business and I want to spend about four hours of that time um doing coaching doing workshops or something on those lines and that is essentially, if we're talking simply about the working hours, that is how I would like to spend the rest of my time. That coaching can be through mentoring somebody, through going to a business networking event, through doing one of these videos, doing a podcast. It can be through counseling somebody. <clears throat> it can be through doing a workshop at a school or a prison or wherever it may be. That is how I want to spend the huge block of the kind of between eight and about four o'clock. Now, there is a lot of flexibility in that, in that I might have to go to a workshop at uh, at seven o'clock in the evening until eight o'clock, or I might have to go to a school assembly between eight o'clock and between seven o'clock and eight o'clock. That doesn't really matter to me. But if I had a perfect ideal as to how I spent my time, that's essentially how I'd want it. Now, if I examine my life and I look at, well, do I have that life right now? The answer would be, no, I don't. But I do get to spend a huge amount of my time writing books, um, writing material, researching, finding ways, making notes and journal notes on things that I think um, are important for people to hear about. Um, I do spend a huge amount of my time. I actually work for a company right now where I talk, I do workshop workshops in schools and organizations about mental health. So I would say that my life is about a kind of a six, uh, uh, 5.5 out of 10, 10 being that I have that kind of life. So, but I'm trying to get it to that kind of seven or eight so that if that area falls off, at least I have something else, right, to back me up, which goes full circle back to what I was saying earlier on. Um, so the question that I guess I pose to you and that you want to think about is what areas of your life are most important and are those areas sixes out, six, sevens or above out of ten in most of those areas? Is your health a seven out of ten? Is your communication, if that's really important for you because of your relationship or your business, is that a 7 out of 10? Is your income, if that's really important to you, a 7 out of 10? Now, remember that, like with anything, life fluctuates, right? There's a lot of plasticity about life. Life goes up, it goes down. Sometimes you make a lot of money. Sometimes you don't make a lot of money. Sometimes your relationship is amazing. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes your mental health is amazing. Sometimes it's not. There is a lot of plasticity um, with life. So um, it's really important for you to understand that there is going to be these ups and downs. And sometimes you may be a 10 and sometimes you may be a three. It, it, the key is to try and keep it as stable as possible. Um, and let me explain why I came up with this. 
I want to give you some kind of context. So the context is this. I used to work for an estate agency um, for about six years and I was selling houses. And I used to have these quarterly meetings. Every three months, I'd have these meetings with my boss. And I remember I had this meeting with my regional director, John. John, in one meeting, said something to me, which is what essentially has been the foundation of why I believe this 7 out of 10 philosophy. John said to me, Kasim, I just, I don't want you to, essentially, every day I'd make phone calls out to people saying, do you want to view this house? I think this house would be perfect for you. Um, have you seen this one on the website? What do you think of these details? To try and get views. Why? Because views would eventually lead to somebody making an offer and offers would lead to me selling the house. And that's how I got paid, right? And John, one in one of these meetings, said to me, Kasim, I don't want you to make a hundred phone calls every day. He said, I just want you to make 70. And the reason why this was is because John looked at uh, my, basically our telephone, the outbound calls, our phone calls out were recorded on like a monitor and you could see how many telephone calls people had made. Um, and every day, and he brought to the meeting uh, a, uh, a summary of all the amount of phone calls that I'd made. And he said, Kasim, look, Sometimes you make 100 phone calls, sometimes you make 20, sometimes you make 50, sometimes you make 120, sometimes you make 70. He said, I just want you to be as consistent as you can to getting 70 phone calls every day. Make 70 whether you feel good or you don't feel like it. Make 70 whether you feel amazing or you don't feel amazing. Make 70 and then stick there, right? Because if you can manage to make consistently 70, it doesn't matter if one day you're off sick or one day whatever, because you've built up this residue, you've built up this pipeline, you've built up this um, compounding effect of all those 70 phone calls, that it doesn't matter if you have a dip in one or two days or you go on holiday. But when you're constantly fluctuating up and down like this, there is no kind of compound effect. There is no trail behind you that's following you. So this is part of the reason why I hold the philosophy that I hold about looking at your life and ensuring that you try to take your the most important areas of your life to about a, to about a seven out of 10. Okay, let's go now to one of the first points that I actually wrote down. I've, I'm already 20 minutes into this and I haven't even talked about the things that I um, originally wanted to talk to you guys about. But so I wrote down loads of things that I wanted to talk to you about and let's let's get into them. Into them. By the way, before we continue, um, if any of this stuff you find it useful or you agree with me or you disagree with me on anything, like comment below. Like I'm not here telling you that I know everything, because I don't, right? I don't know you personally. Um, I'm not saying that this is the absolute way that everything is, or it has to be. I'm not saying to you that you are wrong, or that what you, the way that you, the decisions that you're making are wrong. It, it really doesn't matter, right? I, and I say this, the thing, I say to you the same thing that I say to everybody. You have to figure out what works for you. You have to figure out what's right for you. It doesn't matter what I believe. It doesn't matter what I want. It doesn't matter what has worked for me. The question is, does it work for you, right? I might share with you something where you think, actually, do you know what? That makes sense. But the problem is, what makes sense for me, and even though it also makes sense to you, doesn't actually work in your own life. So I say to people, one of the things that's really important about life is that you want to go through a period where you learn about you. I was saying to somebody the other day, I, I can't remember who I was speaking to, but we were talking about the fact that every single one of us should go through a period of self-discovery, right? If you've watched movies, um, like, Specifically, what I said was a coming of age period in life, right? And I was saying that every single one of them, if you watch movies, some of my favorite movies are 
these coming of age movies where somebody goes through this self-discovery they trial things they break the rules they f they go too far they find out what works and what doesn't work but they go through this period where their life is kind of in chaos where they're trialing things they're trying to figure out what's right for them and what isn't and what i said to this person um, and my apologies i can't remember who i was speaking to i speak to so many people every week um is the average person has never had a coming of age story story we've never had a period in, in our life where we self discover where we discover what's important to us what we want not what we want because it looks amazing not what we want because our parents would affirm our choice not what we want because it will um it'll give us it will help us be celebrated and it will help us be included and accepted, but rather because it's the right thing for us, rather because it is our purpose, rather because it is going to exercise our potential, that it's going to help us achieve greatness, that it's going to help us become more of who we are capable of becoming. Um, in my first book, one of the things that I wrote down many years ago I say many years ago, it was about two years ago, but it feels like uh, a long time ago to me now, is that, and, and I took this from Dr. Miles Monroe, is that the richest place on the planet, the wealthiest place on the planet, is the graveyard. Primarily because the graveyard holds a lot of people who died and took their potential with them. There's a lot of people who are dead and, and have been buried who could have become doctors, lawyers, solicitors, mothers, fathers, uncles. They could have been bus drivers. They could have been um, inventors, entrepreneurs, CEOs. They could have been personal trainers. But these individuals never realized their potential. They never went through a period where they said, do you know what? I'm going to discover what I want to do. I'm going to discover what is right for me. I know it isn't going to be popular. I know I'm not going to probably be loved, but I am going to do this anyway. I was listening to a guy called Jay Shetty, and Jay Shetty said something which has stuck with me. And don't quote me on this, but he said something to this effect. He said, in an interview, they were asking him, as you've grown older, are there some things that have helped you become successful um, or some things that you've matured that um, have helped you discover more of who you are? And this is what he said. He said, I'm OK with being misunderstood. Wow, that statement really has stayed with me. And, you know, what? and I think the reason why it stayed with me is because there is a quite it's the truth, right? Um, I, I, I examined my own, my, my own life and I was like, damn, I saw all of the growth in me as a person when I started doing things, not because other people thought they were amazing, but because I wanted to do them and other people actually thought I was mad. The decision that I was making, other people thought I was crazy for making that decision, but it was what I wanted to do, Right? And what I would encourage you to do, and again, this is your own life, you can do whatever the hell you want to do, is that I would encourage you to go through a period of self-discovery. To really look at, actually, how would I like my body to be? Actually, how would I like to come across? Do I want to come across as a gentleman? Do I want to come across as a lad? Do I want to come across as confident? Do I want to come across as competent? Do I want to come across as a boss? Do I want to come across as humble? You know, and, and I say this because human beings can become certain things, right? They, of course, don't get me wrong. There's a degree that our genes affect a huge amount of our life, right? We know that. Uh, like, for example, we know that um, if I, if me and Usain Bolt got into a race, if I trained for a year and Usain Bolt trained for a year and I had the best researchers and the best people, instructors and the, the best technology in the world, I would not be Usain Bolt 
if if I was at my peak and Usain Bolt was at his peak, I wouldn't be able to beat him. That doesn't mean that I'm not talented. That doesn't mean that Usain Bolt is, is whatever. It just means that there are some things that are subject, that there is our capacities in some degree are subject to our genes, right? It, I, I can't remember which book, the, oh no, it was my second book, my goal setting book that I said this. I said, anything is possible, but not everything is possible for you, right? Yes, absolutely. There are people who can start from zero and become a billionaire, absolutely. But not everybody can do that, right? You have to be of a certain leaning. For example, to become a billionaire, one of the things that you have to be comfortable with is working 18 hours, working a day. No, not in a week, 18 hours a day, right? You have to be prepared to move countries. You have to be prepared to travel a lot. There's a lot of If you are a billionaire, right, that means you're going to, in some degree or another, unless you've inherited the money, you're going to probably be some kind of business individual. In order to do that, you're going to be having to fly all over the world and all over the place to have meetings, to have networking partnerships, to collaborate on ideas, right? And so as a result of that, you're not going to be, if you're this kind of person who's like, I have to be home at five o'clock every day or six o'clock. I have to be at home with my kids. I have to pick them up from school. I have to take them to work. It isn't going to work, right? So that means that there are some people though, and this is my point, who are perfectly happy to do that. That isn't an issue for them. But there is a lot of people where that for us would be an issue. We wouldn't be happy to work 18 hours a day, sacrifice friendships, travel all over the world, not be have a community, meet random people who we don't really have a connection. Like we can never bond and have a really strong connection and strong friendship with. It's just not really possible for us. Right. And so. As I say, what I would encourage you to do is to go through that period in your life where you discover that kind of stuff for yourself, where you see what is important to you, what you want, what what you would like. Right. Um, that again, it's your life. You can do whatever you want. But that's what I would personally encourage you to do. So the, the next thing that I wrote down here is. That most men at best are average. We are a 5 out of 10. But I'm telling you that becoming a 7 in all the important areas of your life can make an incredible life. So I've kind of briefly talked a little bit about this already. Um, when I talked about getting your life to a 7. So essentially what I was reflecting on um, and what I was um, <clears throat> thinking about and that I wanted to get across to you, I don't know whether this is useful or not, is there is a tendency for us as people to think that in order to have an incredible life, we have to be tens out of ten. We have to be nines out of ten. I don't agree. I don't agree with that at all. I genuinely have observed life and I've observed people and I've observed my own life and I have come to the conclusion that you, a normal person, an average person, a five out of ten, right, in all facets of life, if that person can get multiple areas of their life to a seven out of ten, they can have an exceptional life. And I say this for a couple of reasons. Firstly, I say this because I say this. Because the average person doesn't even try, right? The average person doesn't have discipline. The average person doesn't push themselves. The average person doesn't exercise the, the different, their being, basically, right? The average person never tests their capacities. And therefore, you have less competition, it's a good thing and a bad thing, right? Um, but what I would say to you is, if you are somebody who's ambitious, you're somebody who wants to reach the highest echelons of life, you're somebody who wants to aspire to greatness, you're somebody who wants to reach the highest capacities of what it means to be a human being, 
I can share with you that trying in itself is going to get you more than most people will, right? If, let's say, I go to the gym two days out of the week and somebody else doesn't, I am now, of course let's not be smart about this. Just going to the gym in itself doesn't mean anything. You actually have to go to the gym and exercise and do the, 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 uh, the, the, the exercises and execute them properly, right? You have to eat right. You have to do all the various factors, all the, the various facets of what it means to be healthy. But if I go to the gym twice a, a week and you go none, my health is generally across the board going to be typically better than yours again we shouldn't compare ourselves to people etc etc people are different um i can do the same i can go and work legs and do the and lift the exact same amount as you and you can your legs can get bigger and mine can't i get all that i'm not dumb but the principle is that certain things if you do them over a consistent period of time eventually they do lead to success in the right context right because i know you're going to be saying to me well kasim i could go and work as hard as somebody else and i won't get the same amount of money i get that right there is an element of luck there is an element of being in the right place at the right time there's an element of being who you are playing into playing into it like for example i've come to the conclusion and this is my own conclusion. Again, you don't have to agree with me. But I have discovered that if you are good looking, everything is easier. Now, that doesn't mean that there are times when things are not difficult. That doesn't mean there are not going to be times when things are challenging. Um, but I've discovered that if you have a choice, let's say you have a job and you've got two people who are both as qualified for the job. And one of them is really handsome and good looking and pretty and hot. And the other one is ugly. Most of us are going to choose the, other, the one who's good looking. That in itself just proves my point, right? If, um, if you have two women, both of them are beautiful. Both of them are articulate. Both of them are driven. Both of them are loving. Both of them are, you know, they've worked on themselves but one is ridiculously your type and what you enjoy and the other one isn't, you're probably going to go with the one that is your type, right? So that, see, that plays a part in stuff, right? There's certain things that play a part in certain things. So for example, what else have I discovered helps? I've discovered that money helps, right? A lot of us would rather be friends with somebody who is rich versus somebody who's poor. Now, I know that shouldn't be, and I can already hear your rhetoric. You're like, Kasim, that's so materialistic. People shouldn't be like that. Well, the reality of life is that is how it is, okay? Um, I've, and I think I wrote this in my last book. Yeah, I did write this in my last book, The Six Fears of Life. I said that in life, one of the really important things is that you have to learn what you should just not fight, there are some things that are just that way and you can spend your whole life trying to fight them or focus on the things that you can change. Like I said to people, look, politicians are going to lie. Everybody knows that politicians are lying, are liars. You can go and spend years fighting to say politicians shouldn't be liars. We should choose these kinds of people or you can spend your time focusing on your business, focusing on your family, focusing on the things that you can control, get to the point where you yourself have accrued enough success that then you can get to apply to be a member of parliament and then you can start leading and making decisions from an ethical place, right? You can change the system. One of the principles that I have learned in life is that you cannot change something unless you're in it already. What that essentially means is, and again, I said this in the six spheres of life, the people who I have found who are failing, who are in life, who are struggling to become successful, those people don't understand that you cannot, cha you cannot change the rules of a game unless two things are in place. You're either playing the game 
or you started the game or you are the person who is setting the rules of the game. Does that make sense? There's a lot of people who say, well, politicians shouldn't lie. Well, people shouldn't let, let taxes be cut by people who are rich. Well, if I was a millionaire, I would help these people. Well, if I was a business person, I wouldn't do this and I wouldn't do that. Of course. Of course, it's easy for you to say that, right? You're not in those circumstances. You're not in that position. And the problem that you've got is no one's going to listen to you because you're not in the game. You haven't got that kind of money. You haven't got that kind of status or power or position. But things change when you do, right? What do they say? I think there's a phrase that goes something like, once you, the boys club, or there's a phrase, I can't remember, but it's like, it's like once you're in the boys club, once you're in the club, you it's easier to change the way things are done than if you're outside of the club, right? And so what I encourage people to do is shut your mouth and sh don't and stop trying to change things that you cannot change at the moment in your current position. And this is where you have to be strategic as a person. You have to be clever because you have to think, okay, if I spend my time trying to change this, in the great scheme of things, if I if it takes me five years, will I have gained more progress in five years of spending my time trying to change this? Or if I spend my time on this that I can control, that will that help me get myself into a position where I have more of a leverage? in order to make changes in that area. So I use David Beckham as an easy example because everybody knows pretty much who David Beckham is. It is far easier for David Beckham to ask for a meeting with the Prime Minister of the UK than it is for me. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm not important. That doesn't mean that um, uh, I shouldn't be allowed an audience with the Prime Minister. But the problem that you've got is... I have failed to understand that there is a game in life which says that success allows you access, right? The more, the more successful you become, the more of a status you become, the more influence you have, the easier it is to open certain doors. It just is. Now, I can just say, I can spend the next 20 years of my life saying, well, that's not right. That's not fair that David Beckham gets that. Or... I can start working on myself and start moving up the echelons of success and becoming successful and reaching, uh, exercising my potential and providing value out in the marketplace, whether it be through a product, through a service of some way, and then reach such a position that if I sent a letter to ask to meet the prime minister, they would actually consider it. Right. That's where you've got to really think about the kind of your life and stuff like that. And this is why I say to people, it's really important to you to try and get your life up right in all the different facets of your life. Because the issue that you're going to have is there are going to be people who you can help people. You're going to see problems that you feel need solving. The issue that you've got is a lot of us are, are, are less than average we're less than at par most people can't take us seriously because if they look at our life it's kind of a joke right honestly if most of us really looked at our life with and we took people who are similar age who live in a similar area to us uh, in a similar country similar ethnicity similar background and you looked at the main areas of life, our career, our relationship, our friendship, our contribution in terms of value to the marketplace. If you looked at those areas and we graded them and we saw, okay, how, like, what quality of friendships do all of these people have similar to you? Um, how successful in terms of providing value out in the marketplace are all of these people compared to you? I'm telling you, a lot of you guys, and I speak, I'm, I'm not saying that I'm better than anyone. I'm just saying to you from observing life and myself is that most of us, we would be like a four. If 
we're simply matching it with other people. And it gets even worse when we start comparing it against our potential because the average person isn't even reaching to the edges of their capacity. We're not even exercising. We're not even pushing. We're not even trying, most of us. This is why I say to people, like, I'm telling you, it is so easy for you to live an exemplary kind of life if you, if you actually tried, if you gave it a go, if you went for it in your own life. But it takes courage, right? It takes courage to follow your dreams. It takes guts. It takes effort. It takes discipline. It takes sacrificing of the person who you used to be in order to become the person who you want to become. You know, a lot of people were very bound to who we used to be. We don't want to let go of who we used to be, right? A lot of us put higher status and higher um, accolade on what we've done and who we've been and what we've achieved than what we become, what we can do and what we can uh, uh, manifest out into the world, right? It's important for people to understand that whatever you've done is no longer your potential. Your potential is what you could do. It's what you're capable of, not what you've done. That What you've done is no longer your potential. It's exercise now. It's done, right? And so, I, I think a lot of people don't realize that the plat that based on the experience and the knowledge and the wisdom and the um the lessons that they've had, they actually have a bigger reach. They have more resources at their at their disposal than they did five years ago, right? A lot of people don't update. Like I say to people, and I said it in the book, in my second book about goal setting, I say to people that a lot of people don't update their vision of themselves based on their experiences, right? If you've gone through a divorce, you are now wiser at what doesn't work in a relationship, right? If you are somebody who you up to now have not had a lot of money, that means you are an expert at not having money. So that means you, you actually have a leverage over a lot of people because you know what doesn't work. All you have to do is go back through the last, I don't know, 15 years of your life and look at what you've done with your money every single time you've either been given it, you've uh, uh, got it um, through working or whatever, look at what you've done with it. And you will study, if you study yourself, you will realize you're actually an expert at the ability to lose money or not to create wealth for yourself. Um, I listened to Lisa Nichols, and Lisa Nichols said that there are three elements to money. One is creating wealth. That means like getting jobs, stuff like that. Two is keeping the money, right? This was actually my problem. There are a lot of people who know how to get money, who can get a job, who can create a product service. But the issue is, as soon as they get paid, that money is gone within two weeks. And then they spend the last two weeks struggling around trying to get it. And the third that they, that she said is the ability to to make money work for you. So that means learning how like how to invest, learning how interest works, learning how compound interest works, learning about um credit, that kind of stuff. And a lot of people don't know how that works, right? A lot of people make money and then at the end they use the money and then they start all over again. But there are people who make money, keep it invest it and then that money keeps making even more money and that's a lot most of us aren't at that stage we, we just we don't even know that that kind of stuff exists well we may know it in the peripheral but we've never thought about that being ourselves as we being the kind of person who can do that <clears throat> so going full circle back around to my point is that you want to really look at what can you do to get yourself to a seven because I'm telling you, it isn't that as 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 difficult as what you think it is, right? If you look at the average income, the average person in the UK, let's say, earns about £29,000, right? £29,000 is, in my eyes, actually quite a lot of money. In fact, realistically speaking, most people that I know do not earn £29,000. £29, but let's say 
you got yourself to £40,000, right? £40,000 a year is something around £3,000 every single month you're being paid. I'm telling you that there is a very big difference between earning £2,000 and £3,000. And I know, I know to some of you that may seem like, yeah, but it's only a grand. Every single month, imagine I gave you a grand and I said to you, do whatever you want. Imagine the kind of life that you could live. Imagine that you can eat organic food. You can get to go on two holidays a year instead of one cheap one, right? You can actually live, imagine the kind of place you could live in, right? And it's a thousand pounds more. We're not talking about you becoming some multimillionaire. We've just simply said go from 29 to 40, right? So technically that's 11, but let's not get into the finer details. But I'm not talking about some revolutionary grand scheme of something you you could, like, oh my God, Cass, I'm going from nothing. No, I'm talking about very simple things here. I'm talking about asking for a promotion, taking on more responsibility at work, um, being more creative so that you can create um, a, um, a uh, you can be a, create a role for yourself that didn't even exist in the company. Like thinking outside of the box, and this really is, I guess, really the big element to this. To to reach the seven, you've got to think outside of the box. You've got to stretch your imagination and your way of manifesting in life and in in terms of your capacity than thinking like the average person does, right? For example, you might not never have thought about investing. You might never have thought about remortgaging. Um, you might never have thought about property development. You might never have thought about having a side hustle or uh, having a part-time job. That may never even have crossed your mind. Consider them. Think about this kind of stuff, right? This is what I say. And, and again, like with everything, this is your life. That may not be right for you. That may not be what you value, what you want, what's important to you. But I say to you, consider it. Consider it and think about it because it may be the answer to what you're looking for, right? So that's one of the things that I would personally recommend to you. One of the other things here um, that I wrote down here is, is that there is a difference between, and I've, I've really thought a lot about this actually, there's a difference between mental illness and mental health. I repeat, there's a difference between mental illness and mental health. And I never actually knew this really um, until I started working for the company that I work for now. I never actually truly understood the difference between this. So mental illness means that you're diagnosed with something, right? You're diagnosed with clinical depression, psychosis, schizophrenia, right? Those are actually medical conditions and illnesses that you're diagnosed with. Mental health is how you are dealing with the challenges of life. <clears throat> We're talking about fears, phobias, anxiety, stress, right? All of us are going to experience ups and downs in life, right? We're going to experience bereavement. We're going to experience uh, setbacks. We're going to experience success. We're going to experience all of those heightened emotions and low emotions, right? Life is this kind of roller coaster of emotions between and this balance between good and bad and success and failure and betrayal and loyalty. We've got this influx of different range of emotions that we're going to experience in life and our job is and, and, and actually this is one of the things that I wrote down here um, and I don't think I shared it with you is the number one responsibility we have as humans is to self-care right I, I don't actually think that people understand this and this is why I've been observing the way people we've been behaving there are and I say this to you because there are so many people who are depressed today. There are so many people who are experiencing phobias, anxiety, people who are stressed out, people who are depressed. And I've been like, I don't understand this. Where is this all coming from? And what I've come to realize is that a lot of us don't realize that there is a point, and I said this in my last book where I said, there is a point in your life where you have to realize 
that you're responsible for your own life, right? There's a point in life where you there is a switch that happens, and some of us haven't recognized it, where you take care of yourself, you're responsible, uh, sorry, your parents are, or your caregivers are responsible for your health, your well-being, your visions, your the, the maintaining that you grow properly, that you mature properly, that you achieve where you're supposed to be, and there's a bit where it switches over to it being a you, where you are now taking charge, you're now driving, you are now um, determining, like, am I on schedule? Am I exercising my potential? Am I behind? And I've come to realise a lot of us don't realise this, particularly in the areas of mental health. I keep hearing people say phrases like this. Well, my workplace won't let, hasn't allowed me to take holiday. And I'm thinking, is this a joke? Are you actually trying to suggest to me that your workplace is supposed to tell you when you should take holiday? No, that's your responsibility. You have to actually think ahead of the year and put it in your diary and schedule it in your diary. Take You have to actually structure your day in such a way that you ensure you get breaks. You have to structure your life in such a way that you do get to go to the gym. You have to structure your life in such a way that you have enough of an income and you live in such a place and a lifestyle that allows you to have 80 pounds every month to go and speak to a counsellor, right? That may be a counsellor for you, or it may be a couple's counsellor for, for marriage counselling. There's a lot of people who think, well, you only go to marriage counselling, there's something wrong with you. You only go to therapy if there's something wrong with you. That's not true. You can go to therapy for prevention. Now, a lot of people go to therapy for cure. A lot of people go to hospital, to their GP for cure, not for, for prevention. You want to begin to think, and this is what I encourage you to do. Again, it's your own life. Do whatever you want. The way I've thought about life is that a lot of us are struggling at the moment with our mental health because we do not structure our life to prevent men our mental health getting out of control we are looking for cures after it's gotten out of control. And what I would encourage you to do is to really start structuring your life in such a way that you actually realise, number one, mental health is going to be part of your life, right? It doesn't matter whether you are a billionaire. It doesn't matter whether you're married. It doesn't matter whether you've got five kids. It doesn't matter if you work in Tesco's. It doesn't matter if you, you live in Egypt or the UK. It doesn't matter whether you're white, black, Muslim, Christian. All of us are going to have mental health. Not all of us are going to have mental illnesses, right? But all of us are going to have mental health. We're going to have challenges. We're going to go through bereavement. We're going to have moments of stress in our life. And therefore, as we plan our life, we have to account for that. We have to structure it so that we know that that's coming. And that's something that I would recommend to you. Again, it's your life. You can do whatever you want. I can't tell you what to do. But it's something that I've noticed. Um, a lot of us are not really taking care of ourselves. Where Now, let, let me rephrase this. I've noticed that people... How do I explain this? People have put cocoons around their life, but they want to tiptoe in and out of life. In other words, like people, for example, will say, well, I'm not going to date because I don't want to get my heart broken. I don't want to get married because it could end in divorce. Well, hold on a minute, though. Here's a problem with that. You're still missing that the fact that a massive element of a fulfilled life is friendships. It's relationships with other people. So what are you going to do? Spend your whole life with not seeing anybody by not falling in love or attempting to find love? by not going out there and somebody seeing your being, right? Part of the reason why I think so many people are depressed is that, and, and one of the huge human needs are not being met at the moment is that human beings are not being seen for who they are. There's a lot of people who are talking about what should be done, what shouldn't be allowed, why this is unfair. 
but they've never actually spoken about what they believe, what they value, how they see themselves, how they show up, what they've done, how they've manifested their potential, what their purpose is, how much of their greatness they're exercising, right? What did my manager say to me? Kasim, every time you point a finger, you always have to remember that there are four other fingers pointing back at you. I've come to the realization that a lot of us have never pointed any fingers at ourselves, right? We would gladly talk about other people and how other people should do this and how other people should do that and how other people are not living up to this. But we're not either. We are not living up to our potential. We are not exercising or manifesting our greatness. And what I would say to you is really very simple. Are you taking care of yourself? And by taking care of yourself, remember what I said earlier on. I mean, all the definitions of that. Taking care of yourself, meaning you've actually got to pursue your dreams. You've actually got to go out there and attempt to make friendships and find a connection with other people. What does that mean? That means you've got to forgive yourself. You've actually got to go out there and take a risk on yourself, right? That means you've actually go out, got to go out there and start eating healthily or whatever it may be for you. All of these definitions, not just the singular way that you think about it. But as I say, again, it's your life. You can do whatever you want. But it's just, I, I, I've been thinking about those things. And, and, and I, I guess that's where I'm going to finish today because I've probably given you a lot to think about. <laughs> um, it's been quite an intense uh, hour that I've been with you. But but I genuinely, I really hope in some way something that I've said has been of value to you, right? Um, you know, I don't do this and I, and I didn't I don't I, I didn't commit to doing this because I want to in some way I think there's something wrong with you or I want to persuade you of something. Really I just wanted to share with you my truth. I wanted to share with you my experience and what I've observed. It doesn't mean it's your truth but you know, I've always said to people, pull my argument apart. If you don't agree with some of the things that I said, pull it apart, right? Pull out and extract the bits that would probably work for you that are true for you and take out the bits that don't, right? Um, but I hope it's been useful. Um, I want to thank you so much for watching. I really appreciate it and listening. Um, and I hope you have a good week and I will see you next week. Thank you so much for listening and I'll speak to you soon. Bye for now.